Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. So welcome back to another Work Human Radio. My name is Mike Wood. I'm your host for today, and I am joined by the wonderful Neil Pasricha. Uh, Neil is a author. He is a speaker. He runs the Institute for Global Happiness. Neil, what else do you do? <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, I've written seven books all about intentional living, from the Book of Awesome to the Book of Even More Awesome. Those ones are about gratitude to the happiness equation, which is about happiness, to my most recent book, You Are Awesome, which is all about resilience. And those are kind of what I hang my hat on is the writing. And then as you said, these days, it's about the concert, not the album. So I do spend (laughs) a lot of my time touring around telling people what's actually in the book. It's a lot faster than I suppose reading it. So I want to talk about, so I was reading up about you and I actually heard of your site, The Thousand Awesome Things, years ago. Now it's kind of coming full circle. Can you tell us about your site and how you kind of put that together? And that's kind of how what, what got you off the ground. Sure. Well, about 10 years ago, I was in a marriage that was heading in the wrong direction. And my closest friend was suffering from severe mental illness. And so on my way home from work one day, I decided to start a blog called 1000awesomethings.com as a way to cheer myself up. So I literally typed in how to start a blog into Google click the I'm feeling lucky button and started up this little WordPress website. It turned into a gigantic 50 million hit viral blog just with me writing every day about wearing warm underwear from out of the dryer, getting called up to the dinner buffet first at a wedding or, you know, hitting a string of green lights when you're late for work. So that ended up winning me the best blog in the world award at the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences, which followed by 10 literary agents approaching me to turn that into a book. And that turned into my first book. The Book of Awesome and my first TED Talk, which is the three A's of awesome. So that's great. So positivity, just a little daily dose of positivity helped kind of, you know, set your whole career. And one of my favorites was the, uh, one of the things was uh, old dangerous playground equipment. <laughs> yeah. I have an affinity for that. I mean, I'm almost 40 and I remember the playground equipment that you don't really see around anymore that can be very dangerous. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that. That was actually the first blog post I wrote that actually went viral. So before that, I was getting maybe 50 hits a day in that one blog post, Old Dangerous Playground, where I talk about rusty slides and they used to be hot and you, you wouldn't fall into like a soft padded floor. You'd fall into like cigarette butts and milk thistles, and, you know, gravel on your chin. People had casts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it got 50,000 hits in one day. So that turned the blog into like a real enterprise. And from those 50,000, 5,000 people kind of stuck around. And that turned it into something I kind of had to do. And so I kept doing it for four years. So tell me what you've done now with the positivity and how you help others. Sure. Well, after I got... So my marriage did end and my friend sadly did take his own life. And these things both crushed me and also made the blog a bit of a more necessary therapeutic. You know, it was more like my medicine. I started writing... You know, the writing was really the place I put myself, the comments, the people that wrote me emails... This became my connective tissue, my social circle in a way. And so after that, I basically went downtown. I moved downtown Toronto. I didn't know anybody. I lost 40 pounds due to stress. I was like just a shell of myself. And it took me a couple of years until I started dating again. And when I did, 
after a little bit of time, I met somebody new. Her name was Leslie. We started dating. We fell in love. A year later, she moved in with me. And the year after that, I proposed again. She said yes. And we went on a honeymoon after the wedding. And on the flight home from our honeymoon, on the actual airplane, I mean, on the actual plane, she told me she was pregnant. She had bought the pregnancy test in the Malaysia airport pharmacy. And she did the pregnancy test in the actual airplane bathroom, like above the clouds. <laughs> so when I got home to Toronto, I started writing. I eventually wrote a 300-page love letter to my unborn child. And that turned into my last book, which is called The Happiness Equation. Okay, so that book really is the letter. Now flash forward to today. And I've always been a pretty, I don't want to say anxious, but a, like a nervous kind of kid. Like I grew up, you know. I'm East Indian. I was the only brown kid at my school. I've always got like a bit of the jitters, you know? And it's interesting because I start to see that a little bit in my children now. And I look at the data and the research and it turns out that anxiety rates are actually spiking. Loneliness rates are spiking. Depression rates are spiking. Suicide rates are spiking. And I'm like confused by this because don't we live in the best time ever to be alive? Don't we live in the longest lifespans, highest education rates, most clean water? Like it's like we live in the most abundant time ever. You can press a button, the car picks you up, yeah, food's waiting for you on your front porch, your phone entertains you. It seems like we should have everything and yet we feel the worst. So my new book, which is called You Are Awesome, the subtitle is kind of more indicative of it. It's called How to Navigate Change, Wrestle with Failure, and Live an Intentional Life. This new book is all about resilience. And I think that resilience is the muscle we all need to build today. I think that partly the cell phone culture that we are all in is probably what's driving us to be so low resilient because of course you're surrounded by everyone else doing so much better than you. And the cell phones sort of feed our dopamine, but they prevent us from feeling serotonin, the neurochemical that we feel when we kiss and hug and love and are with people and hold hands and are with people that we care about. But instead they just give us this endless dopamine hits. And so we're actually more lonely now, even though we're more connected. So I wrote this new book to sort of address that issue that I see in myself and others. I love it because I think that as technology has advanced and people are more connected to each other, you're more reminded every day of what you don't have. You have the opportunity to have more negative thoughts. There's more people criticizing others. Obviously, the news every day is not positive news, but I think that 50 years or whatever ago, you want to keep up with the Joneses. You want to keep up with what your neighbors have and you kind of view your worth on what you see around you. Now you're keeping up with everybody and you're constantly ranking yourself between everybody in your network. So I think- And you can never win. You can never win, no. You can never win. Like no matter how good your lunch is today, somebody's at a lobster buffet in the Maldives. You know, no matter how many free throws you shoot in your high school basketball practice, like somebody's on YouTube shooting a thousand in a row. No matter how many followers you have in your little craft- business that you've been working hard for and maybe you raked up a thousand people following you on Instagram that sort of are following your every move and leaving comments. Well, you check out the craft hobby shop next door and they've got 5,000 and they check the people next door and they've got 10,000 and they've got 10 million and Oprah's looking at Justin Bieber. It never ends. There is no way you can ever feel like you have won. And that sense of endless failure is partly what's driving up our anxiety. Yeah. And so we work with a lot of HR professionals. And so in the workplace, what can we do to take care of our employees and have a real positive mindset and bring positivity back to the work? Well, there's a lot of things we can do. First of all, in the workplace, we've got a lot of people who are feeling, look, there's a famous Gallup study that shows that about 9% of people are actually engaged at work. And when I look at the work out of Harvard from Matt Killingsworth, it shows that the place that we're spending the most of our time which is work, is also the place that we are the least happy, which is work. 
So it's like unfortunate. We are much happier when we are having dinner, when we are exercising, when we are with friends, when we are with family, when we're listening to music, when we're walking the dog, when we're praying. We're happier at all these things, but they are tiny, tiny, tiny amounts of our time. So you go into the workplace, you walk in, you say, okay, what is the root issue here? First of all, I do believe in the Henry Mintzberg article in Harvard Business Review that's been written years ago saying people actually want meaningful work to be engaged. They want to have stuff that they care about doing. They want to feel passionate. They want, it has to be complicated enough that it's challenging for them. That's the quality of the work itself. Then let's talk about how we're feeling at work. And what I sense when I'm in the workplaces is there's a general drain of energy. Most of us are up too late. We're looking at our cell phones right before bed. We check our cell phones in the morning. It's the dopamine thing I was talking about. It's also reducing our melatonin production overnight when you look at a bright screen. So you've got a low resilience mindset. We feed ourselves with caffeine. We stimulate ourselves to kind of get through the day and look at the lineup at the coffee shop at 2 p.m. when people just need like another like little plug to get through three more hours. This is an energy crisis. It's an energy crisis. People don't feel good. So here's the thing. We actually know from positive psychology research what specific things people can do in just 20 minutes a day or less that actually can drive their positive mindset. And they're simple, 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 simple things. They are things like going for a 20-minute nature walk, okay? Doing a 20-minute journaling exercise, doing a 20-minute meditation, doing a random or conscious act of kindness for others, doing a 20-minute gratitude practice. We know these things, right? Even reading 20 pages of fiction is a proven study, is a proven way to change your mindset. We know these things. So what I always tell people is, could you take something called the 20 for 20 challenge? Could you, as the boss, if you're listening, Say to your team of, let's say you got a team of five people, you're middle management somewhere. Could you say, okay, let's all commit to doing one of these practices for 20 minutes a day for 20 days in a row, right? You mentioned at the beginning that I'm director of the Institute for Global Happiness. Well, if you go to globalhappiness.org and you go to workshops, it's totally free. I've actually created a workshop called the 20 for 20 challenge. People can download it. It's got the PowerPoint slides. It's got the Outlook invitation. It's got everything there. And you, as the manager or leader, you say, I'm going to commit to going for a nature walk every day at lunch. Who's with me? Well, if you take that leadership position, people will join you. And guess what you're doing? You are stimulating your mind and creating a positive, positive mindset for the rest of your day. We know from research from Sonia Lebomirsky and Ed Diener over at Stanford University that if you can train your brain to be positive, then guess what? Productivity is up 31%, sales is up 37%, and creativity triples. So why do I advocate something called the 20 for 20 challenge? Why do I believe it's as simple as doing a 20-minute exercise? Because it is, but just no one does it. We actually think that we're being soldiers by working through lunch and staying at our keyboard and staying super late and checking email 11 p.m. because we're answering our boss's last-minute request. No, it's the opposite. You have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. Do the 20 for 20 challenge. Why do I say 20, 20 for 20 days? Because they say it takes three weeks to develop a habit. After 20 days, you will have primed your brain for positivity so well that you have a new happiness habit that will be harder to stop and you'll be coming to work with more energy and that will help everything. That's fantastic. I think we've done a lot of studies on how gratitude really helps the workplace. And I just know anecdotally, while I've been working and if I've been in a tough time, if I get the gratitude from my coworkers reminding me of something I'm doing right instead of something I'm doing wrong, that's great. So I want to thank you for helping everybody out there. If there's more resources that people want to find out about you, can you give us a quick link to where to find you on like your books and your uh, Global Happiness Org? Yeah, every single thing we talked about today is at globalhappiness.org. And if you're interested more about me, it's just neil.blog, N-E-I-L dot B-L-O-G, neil.blog. And that's got links to, of course, all my work, 
in terms of the writing, but also everything else I'm up to, which is lots of weird and interesting random things like a books podcast that I'm running and articles I'm writing and all kinds of stuff. I just do believe that it's life is more fun when you do lots of lots of different things. So everything's over at Neil.blog if you want to check it out. That's great. Well, thank you, Neil. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Good luck with the baby. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 